Well, it's a rainy, soggy Monday night here in Toronto, but I'm very happy to be sitting down at my desk with some of my favorite people, the listeners, viewers, call yourself what you will, of the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. How about it, Rob Curry? What do you got for us tonight? Rob Curry, the Curry Brothers, Link Ray Gunn, our beautiful theme, love that track. Link, as always, in the bio, except when it's not, but it should be tonight. Hey, Ben Johnson, look at this. This is the thing I discovered last week. If I start a little earlier, extra people turn up to listen in on what we're doing. And what are we doing tonight? I mean, obviously, we're drinking some beers. Well, a singular beer for me. I've already had two other beers. Not related. Not related, but we are drinking a German beer, not just a German-style beer. No, 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 no. We're not messing around tonight. German beer tonight. That said, the German beer that I was kind of hoping to lay my little paws on, I don't know, didn't have it. Not at the LCBOs I happened to be by in the past few days. Uh, if I'm honest, friends, I was looking to get a Paul Anner. They do, especially around Oktoberfest, not uncommon, uh, that the LCBO does a one-liter can of Paul Anner that comes with a one-liter Stein. And uh, I know that uh, Miss Erica would not have been thrilled with yet another Stein in our house. But that is a very, very, very good beer. Uh, <laughs> that said, I did find uh, I was alluding to uh, a German fest beer last week. Couldn't remember who made it. Uh, well, isn't it just this one right here from Holsten? Uh, their Festbach. Now, fun fact. Holsten, not a Munich brewery. Not even close. It's like almost in Denmark. I mean, it's not almost in Denmark, but it's pretty far north. Uh, but obviously they make one for Oktoberfest. I don't know how much it's consumed at actual Oktoberfest. Maybe they throw their own Oktoberfest party up in the northern part of the country. I don't know. Uh, I've never been. But uh, that is the one we've got here. And as noted, this is going to be a, a, a very you can even see if you're looking at the video that says 7% alcohol. <laughs> this is the kind of beer that they tend to drink at Oktoberfest. They're punchy. They're punchy beers. Uh, in the box style, uh, that's fine with me. Mertzen beer, Bach. Yeah, they're all in that same category. There's probably going to be a generous amount of Munich malt. But you know what? Why, why speculate? Why speculate when I could just open this like this? That was a convincing sound. And uh, let's get the video pour ready for all the kids at home watching, wanting to see. Look at how dark that is beer is oh my golly that looks about the way you want it to interesting oh there we go a bit ahead i was gonna say not a lot ahead just took a minute to come through i mean i'm looking at my my instagram and my youtube machines and neither of them are doing the, this justice that just looks like a brown beer and that when i look at this with my ring light in the background it is coppery red Oh my golly, and it's uh, it's fairly clear, fairly bright in fact. 
beautiful carbonation, but just the most wonderful, yeah, just deep coppery red. Ben is saying, do I remember when I subsided solely on Bach for Lent? Yes, I do. Um, I will remember that for a long time. Fun fact, I think I still have some can or, uh, bottles of that Bach in the basement. So uh, probably not any good anymore. It certainly hasn't been refrigerated. That said, it was like 10% alcohol, so it might not need much in the way of refrigeration. That was fun. If you don't know what Ben and I are talking about, if you Google my name, you spell the last name S-C-H-R-Y-E-R, -E most of what you're going to find on the top page of Google is going to be relating to that time. I didn't eat food for 40 days. Whew, that was fun. And I did indeed drink a Bock. In that case, it was a Doppelbock. Um, this is uh, a Festbock. So same family, but I was drinking its much bigger, more calorific uh, 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 sibling got a comment here on, on, on YouTube, uh, like Jesus. So Jesus probably only drank wine, although there's some interesting language in some of the older parts of the old Testament that depending on how you translate, it's a little unclear. And it, it, certainly they, they were in an area where brewing wouldn't have been completely foreign. Um, but um, the certainly Jesus himself uh, historically just lived sort of in uh, the the well the area that we would now call Palestine, um, and uh, predominantly uh, the the uh, the alcohol consumed there would have would have been wine from from grapes, um, just due to the climate. Uh, but it is very possible that uh, there are some examples in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that get translated as wine because that's the assumption, but that historically it might have been more accurate to think that they might have actually been drinking beer. It would have been that weird, uh, like, Mesopotamian, you know, you make a loaf of bread and you soak the loaf of bread for six days and then wait until the clay stops vibrating with fermentation and then you drink that. It wouldn't have been recognizable to a modern palate as being beer, but in terms of makeup, with the obvious uh, admission of hops, uh, it would have been roughly what we would consider beer-ish. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Anywho, I'm going to drink this beer because I poured it a minute ago and then got sidetracked. I was very smitten with its beautiful copper color. Whew. Anyway. So, I mean, the aroma, exactly what you would expect. It smells like Munich malt is what it smells like. Caramelly, brown bread. This is going to sound a lot like last week when I had the non-bay from uh, Godspeed. Yeah, again, like, actually this one might have just a touch of sulfur. Mmm. Oh, and uh, molasses. There's definitely some molasses to this one. But yeah, mostly just kind of bready, caramelly, maybe a little crackery. From Jurassic Park to Jesus, this podcast has it all. Doesn't it just? Wait till I talk about rugby, Ben. You normally leave before I get to the rugby part of the show. But if you want to stick around, I'll tell you all about the McCormick Cup. It's happening this weekend. I'll be there. Not playing. Just supporting. Okay, got a drink. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Mm hmm. 
uh, much more molassesy on the palate uh, than I was expecting. Uh, like pumpernickel bread is kind of what I'm hitting on. But there is, um, oh, uh, well, there's a woody quality. Hang on. Come on, what is it? Hmm. I'm going to talk for a minute and see if I can just stumble onto this. Uh, yeah, pumpernickel bread. It is brown bread with uh, molasses for sure. A, a woody note, as I say. Um, no yeast characteristic, and I'm not getting any sulfur on the on the palate. Might just be a little whisper in the nose, which would be acceptable. It is a lager. Um, okay. Weird thing to say. Loggers tend to consume all that stuff, and so that isn't the super most normal thing. Hey, darling, uh, my wife has joined us. Um, but in some loggers, occasionally uh, you can get a little sulfury note, and that's not a uh, flaw. It's a, well, it's not a bug. It's a feature. Um, sometimes in some of the darker loggers, you can get a little a little pong of uh, of sulfur, but. Could be wrong. There's something. What is it? It's really hard to do. While I'm trying to keep an eye on comments and waveforms. Leathery. It's a little leathery, maybe. Mm hmm. Yeah. Molasses can kind of get into that because it gets a little, um, get a, oh, sorry, I just tried to cross my leg. Oh, my knee's really sore. Um, I'll just cross the other leg. Molasses has a lot of iron in it. Iron can present as a little bloody. One of the words I like to use to describe something that has an irony taste is sanguine, uh, which is just, it's like describing a beer as Moorish, like everyone knows you're being a total dick about it. Um, but also it's hard to question because not a lot of people use that word to describe it. You'll also run into sanguine as a descriptor in the wine world. And it always means irony, a little bloody, basically. Um, and funny enough, I've tried to describe that uh, taste to uh, like non-beer people. And uh, I'm like, it's like a little irony. And they're like, what does that mean? Irony, like a nail? And I'm like, no, like the way that your mouth tastes when you get punched in the face. <laughs> and you'd be surprised how many people go, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you've ever been punched in the face, that slightly bloody taste in your mouth, that's what we're talking about. Irony, sanguine. Uh, there is a little bit of that coming through. And that sometimes le le leans, leads, does both. Sometimes that can be associated with a bit of a leathery uh, taste as well. Um, leather, if you're wondering, comes from mammals, notorious for having iron-rich blood. Hmm. The woody note, if you're wondering softwood it's almost cedar but without any resinousness cedar is a bit resinous it doesn't have any resinousness in terms of hopping it has a pleasingly uh quick finish 
that dries out very quickly. Mm, actually, thinking about that, a little bit of that wood character comes through. I think the hop that's coming off that is just sort of herbal, herbaceous. Um, you know, what could that be? Could be your Hallertau, could be your Tettenanger. I know I said last week I don't remember German hops at all. And then I've re-listened to these podcasts to see if I said anything stupid or something that I need to correct. And uh, that was one of them. Yeah, I know some German hops. Some of the best ones out there. Hallertau Mittelfr. They've got great names, too. That's one of the best parts about the German hops. Crazy names. Man, I like them. Anyway, uh, don't know what they would typically have hopped... Uh, fest beer with uh but it would almost certainly be a german noble hop and again hallertau makes up like 80 percent of the hops used in germany so it's, it's always a safe bet to go that's eh, probably hallertau which by the way herbaceous and spicy this has got a bit of an herbaceous hop to it the total picture i haven't really spoken about that concept that this is a very malt-driven beer. Uh, again, pumpernickel bread, molasses, brown bread, a bit leathery, a little sanguine, perhaps. But it's not a sweet beer at all, which is interesting. Um, and by sweet here, I mean, it's not sweet to the palate, but it's also, it doesn't have any of that density. Um, the, the, the body here is light. I mean, it's not a light beer, but in, in the context of body, this could just as easily be a Pilsner uh, as far as the body's concerned. It's not a heavy, you know, it's certainly not syrupy. And a, a beer with these flavor components could probably get into that range if you wanted to. Despite the fact that this isn't a Munich-based beer, this is the kind of beer that you want to be drinking in Munich during Oktoberfest. Because the thing is, like, you could drink it by the mouthful. Physically, there's no, there's no, re there's nothing slowing you down. Oh, hey, Justin. Um, if you think about drinking like an Imperial Stout or, or a Baltic Porter, if you prefer, um, or an old ale, even uh, barley wine, something like that. Like on the one hand, yeah, you, because of the alcohol content, you tend not to drink those in like rapid succession but also the mouthfeel they're very heavy they're, they're they they range depending on which one of those beers you want to pick that i just listed from sort of the upper range of medium into heavy bodied don't even get me started on a scottish ale like we're talking about beers that can actually be syrupy is one of the words we use to describe them this beer fair clocking in only at seven percent we're not getting up into the eight nine ten range that you might hit with some of those other beers but at seven percent with that beautiful copper color with this munich malt driven like i bet half the malt bill at least is munich malt and yet the beer's weight is still quite light uh a very pleasing snappy carbonation with just all these flavors happening in your mouth so it's like flavor complexity but very i hate the term easy drinking uh it's it feels like a cheap way of describing a beer because what does that mean is it easy to swallow but like in this case that's literally what it does mean it is easy to drink it's not thick it's not heavy it's not sugary or syrupy it just goes down 
real easy. So this actually is an easy drinking beer. Which when you consider the um, reality that you'll probably be drinking this in one liter steins uh, and you'll be having a few and it's clocking in at 7% alcohol. Well, friends, that's how you forget what you did at Oktoberfest that year. And as noted, not actually a Munich-based beer. I don't know if you could even get this in a tent in Munich. I don't think... Does Holston have a tent? There's an easy way to find it. Uh, I might look it up in a minute. But if you find yourself in Hamburg during Oktoberfest, because maybe you couldn't get an Airbnb in Munich, and you thought, ah, Germany's not that big a country. It's pretty big. It's no Canada. But the drive from Munich to Hamburg is probably a couple hours at least. Uh, Anyway, if you find yourself in Hamburg around this time of year, why don't you go ahead and get yourself a Holston Festbach? Or if you are in Ontario, you can get this at almost every LCBO, I think. Uh, it's very pervasive. Um, but it does do a very good job of showing you kind of the concept of like a, a Merzenbier or a Festbach. You know, again, lots of Munich malt. This one, heavy on the molasses, irony, sanguine. Um, little leathery, little woody. Again, it's a bit of an herbaceous hop, but it's very um, mild compared to the, the rest of the beer. And the biggest thing is y you can just crush these, which is scary. Also, I feel like the can was like like two bucks and change, 220 or 230 or something. Good value. Good, good value. Oh, Saren puts Jonas. I was just saying, Holsten Festbeer. It's a German... Fest beer, but it's from Hamburg, not from Munich, but it's what was available at the LCBO. Uh, so, yeah, this is it. OK, so again, what are we going to eat while we drink this? Well, Oktoberfest foods, obviously. I mean, and I'm not going to just repeat myself with what I said with non-babe because they're 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 very different. So they're very different beers. That's not entirely true. They're quite different beers, let's say. Uh, they're in the same lane of beers. This one shows a lot more molasses and iron. Uh, Non-bay tended more towards the caramel and brown bread. Who knew? Uh, hey, I'm going to throw this out here right now. As a fellow who doesn't really eat red meat almost ever, uh, I did have pork red meat. They say it's the other white meat. Anyway, last Wednesday, I went to a rugby dinner and like all they were serving was chicken and ribs and potatoes, basically. So I had a little bit of meat uh, just to be polite. I didn't want to be a jerk and leave it on my plate. Uh, but uh, as a fellow who doesn't eat red meat that often is the point that I'm saying this beer with like a bloody steak is probably going to work pretty well, especially hang on a sec. Put a pin in that. Especially if you can cook that on fire and and very specifically look into cooking a steak on coals. So you're going to build like a charcoal fire like you would for any barbecue. But are you going to put the grate on? No, you're not. You're going to level out the bed of coals. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm making a gesture with my two hands. Don't do it with your hands. You'll burn the crap out of them use an implement and level out the coals so they're flat-ish and then put the steak right on the coals straight on the coals 
I know. If you haven't done this before, you're going to think I'm crazy. You're going to say, Chris, you don't eat steak. How do you know? You are correct. I don't. But I am a classically trained French chef, and I'm going to play that card right here right now. Ash from Charcoal is, I mean, for one, totally edible. And in terms of taste, more or less inert. There's nothing to it. It's the most you can say about it sometimes is it's a bit dusty. But you're going to take that steak, cook it on the coals. You know, uh, depending on what kind of steak we're talking here, this isn't necessarily a ribeye thing. Uh, not nothing big. Definitely not a filet mignon. If you're eating a filet mignon, we have other questions. Why are you eating such a lean cut of meat? Get some fat in there. It's good for you. But uh, ribeye is going to be, hopefully, if you're getting the right ribeye, too thick. We're talking here like a, you can do this really well with a flank steak or a skirt steak, and then you're going to cut it. Okay, so you're going to cook it and and sure, if you cook that and put that slab of meat on your plate, it would be a little hard to work with. But what you're going to do is you're going to cook it. You're going to rest it for three minutes tops, maybe five. If you're feeling generous, tent it with a bit of foil. Otherwise, it's going to get cold if you do it that long. Uh, But rest it for a couple of minutes and then slice it uh, through the grain, like against the grain, right? Perpendicular to the grain of the steak into long thin slices. And that's what you serve on your plate. And those will cut real easy because you've broken through most of the connective tissue. Um, so like a, a, a cheap steak, basically again, skirt steak, flank steak, those will all work well. Uh, just a bit of salt and pepper. You don't need to get crazy with this. You're going to cook that on the coals for, for like a flank steak, three or four minutes per side tops, Um, but the key here is because the steak is in direct contact with the coals, you're going to get some, some actual burning on the outside of the steak. Uh, we're going beyond like browning and into blacking here. Um, and that's, that's good in this context because the irony notes in this beer, the sanguine notes in this beer, the molassesy bits are going to work really well with red meat because red meat is irony. Um, but you want to color up that steak. You want to get some sugar reaction to the point of possibly burning because the caramelly sides of this beer are going to work really well with that too. Right? So, oh, agu. Um, that's what you're going to do here. This is a case where we're not going juxtaposition. We're just going complementary, And I think that's going to work really well for you. If you don't eat steak, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not going to do this, so don't feel bad. Um, But it's going to be hard to find a plant-based analog to that, unfortunately. Uh, We just haven't gotten there yet. I always say we live in a golden age for plant-based eating. Haven't really cracked the code on steak. Depending on what your motivation for plant-based eating is um would you entertain a lab-grown steak because those are coming um you know no cruelty there there's never an animal we just grew the steak to be fair they grow the muscle it's actually best if you don't think about it i mean it's it's grosser than just growing an animal and killing it and cutting it up if you ask me but uh, that's just me um that would work really well with this beer and as noted, the usual Oktoberfest standbys. Um, again, because this is a beer that's, uh, it's not quite quenching, but you can certainly get through it very quickly. Uh, anything that's like fatty or salty just makes you want to drink more of the beer. 
And that's not a bad thing. This is also a great beer for cheese. So just anything. Maybe not blues, but you could try. Wouldn't hurt. Might be amazing. Mm-mm-mm. So, as noted, Holsten Festbach, big old 7% alcohol from Hamburg, Germany, nowhere near Munich, but still tasty and an appropriate beer for the time of year. Because, as noted, this weekend is October, well, Oktoberfest is on right now, and this weekend is the culmination of it. Um, I'm told, never been, but I'm told one of the traditions is on the last night of Oktoberfest, after last call when they shut down all of the servers get real drunk <laughs> so all those like German women in Dirndl carrying 18 steins of beer and two hands all that they all get steins from the bar and they just start drinking and having their own party and apparently the first song that they play as like the punters have to leave and the servers just get to light it up is uh, Angels by Robbie Williams. Do you know this song? Angels? It's not a widely known song in North America. And, and to be fair, Robbie Williams, I would argue, not a widely known performer in North America. But he is huge in Europe. He was in, was he in Take That? Something like that. No, you know what? I didn't look up something a minute ago. We'll look up Robbie Williams right now. I'm just gonna try not to knock this beer over. Williams. Robbie Williams. Yeah, he was in Take That from 1990 to 1995. Angels is arguably his favorite, favorite, most famous song. It doesn't say that here, but I'm just, uh, I'm editorializing. Man, he was born in 74. He looks great for being almost 50. Robbie Williams. Anyway, uh, Angels. It's possible if you're listening to the podcast, I've been playing Angels in the background this whole time. I don't know. We'll see how uh, creative I'm feeling when it comes to the edit. Uh, oh yeah, I brought that up because it was like, this weekend is the end of Oktoberfest. And, uh, Anyway, I'm going to be back on Monday, uh, and I will do one more Oktoberfest beer, because I still want to get that one from Black Lab. Darn right I do. Darn right I do. Pardon me. I just burped. And had a sip. Hey, what's happening? We got any events coming down the pike? I feel like I saw some stuff in my email box this week. Um... None of it's popping out. Don't know if there's still tickets available to Blocktoberfest, but I think it was this weekend coming up, unless it was this weekend that just passed. No, I think I would have seen photos if it was. It must be next weekend. This weekend, I mean. The weekend of the first and second. Um, what else? What else? What else? No, I mean, I literally, I got, I got nothing off the top of my head. No one's reaching out telling me, hey, can you try and remember to promote this thing? And I'll say, yeah, I'll try. Probably not. But if you have an event that you might want publicized, <laughs> have your people talk to my people. That's uh, I think that's what they say. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know. Events. I should really make notes. I should try harder. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, let's go rugby. I'll just actually before I do, I'll just quickly plug. I am planning Beer Scouts. Uh, listen here, follow on social media. I haven't put together the social media account, but I do own it. So that's positive. Uh, and also spent grains. I, man, I want to bring that back in this now. Who am I kidding? It's not going to happen this weekend because of what we're about to talk about. Um, but it's coming. I've got a great interview with Diana from, uh, 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 from refined, not refined fool. Come on, man. I do that every damn time. Why do I always put refined fool in my head when I want to say Stormstead? Damn it. Stormstead. Sorry, guys. I love Stormstead. I just like refined fool a lot, too. Similar vibe. Is there a similar vibe? It feels similar to me. Anyway, uh, Diana had a great interview with her in like May. And then my summer got away from me. Oh, hey, Jake. Uh, <laughs> joining in at the proper time, except that I've adapted and started 830 these days. We've been rolling for 28 minutes. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, why did my summer get filled in? Because of rugby, because rugby, 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 all the time, every day, except Fridays, every other day. The kids' rugby is done. The culmination of not just this year, but last year, too, for the senior men, is this weekend, this Saturday, at Fletcher's Fields, I think in Markham. I don't know where it is. It's 404 in Elgin Mills. Stouffville? I don't know. It's north of the 401. That's all I know. Actually, both of our teams are playing. Our twos are playing for the G-Gage Cup. I think against Lindsay. Kicks off at noon. Noon on Saturday. And then the big one. 3.30. At Fletcher's Fields. The first time we've done it in, I think, three years or four years, the McCormick Cup is going to be decided. And it is Bommy Beach versus the old rivals, Toronto Scottish. They got us in the league. So it's time for retribution. As I said last week, I I think the scoreline is going to be different. And that is where I'm going to be this Saturday. And that is why I'm probably not going to get anything else of any value done this weekend, because I will be getting excited for the game, then I will be going to the game, then I will be at the game, then I will be partying either as a wedding or a wake after the game, then that's going to go on for a long time. Uh, then we'll probably come back down to the city, and we'll do more down here. Then I'm probably going to wake up with a pretty sore head on Sunday. Got some stuff to do at church, uh, up to and including the blessing of the animals at 3 p.m. Uh, you know what? If I'll throw to that right now. Hey, do you have an animal you want to get blessed? We like to bless animals at my church. We do it every year. 3 p.m. at St. Aidan's in the Beach, which is like, I don't know, 2000 and something Queen Street. It used to be a silver birch address, but when we changed the building, we changed the address and it's gotten all very confusing. It is at... Silver Birch and Queen Street in the beach. Easy to get to on transit. Equally easy to get driving. Great to get to walking if you're within walking distance, which I am. Uh, but if you have a pet and you would like that pet blessed, whatever that means to you, come on down. 3 p.m. Got a cool little service. Pets are welcome. We bless them. 
uh, Toronto police often send a mounted unit or a few. One year, I think we had four horses. All of them got blessed. We, you bring them, we bless them. We bless the snake. And like, if you read the Bible, they were part of the problem, not part of the solution. Okay. And uh, that's fine. We love them too. Bless them. When our little beautiful turtle was alive, she got blessed. Ginger's going to go over, going to get her big, beautiful, stupid face blessed. It'd be great. So if you want your pet blessed, St. Aidan's in the beach, Sunday, October the 2nd, 3 p.m. Come one, come all. We don't even care if you don't believe what we believe. If you just want to have your pet blessed, we can do that. That's fine. We roll. It's cool. Bring them down. I want to meet them. Whatever the pet is. Cat, dog, reptile, horse. <laughs> I mean, if you... If you come on a horse and you're not a cop, that's mad respect. I'll, I'll big that up till I'm blue in the face. Anyway, I'm going to be doing all that probably with a very sore head. And uh, by the time I'm done all that, I'm just probably going to want to go home and have a nap. So all the important stuff is probably not happening this weekend. But then I'm on holiday. So surely one of those days I'll do a lot of admin. And get everything clear my calendar clear out the whole backlog it's going to be great i will be back as i said on the third which is a monday hopefully my head will be better by then if we win i mean there's just no telling but hopefully it's better by then and uh i will be doing that last german style beer from black lab if i play my cards right and i have no reason not to i can just wander over any old time in the day on monday because i'm not gonna be at work guys it's gonna be so great i've got three more days of work and then i'm on holiday for a week except it's more than a week because i get friday and the following monday off Ooh, what what a life what a life i'm a lucky man anyway as noted throughout the show tonight's beer holston festbach 7%, as it says right there on the can. Hoo-wee. Tasty beer. It's a tasty beer. Uh, I would suggest you pick it up. You can get it at the LCBO right now. Or, if you live in Germany, they're in Hamburg. So, either or. Either or. I'm sure it's widely available. Holsten is owned by Carlsberg. They have pretty good distribution. So, you can probably find it wherever you need to look for it. I think that's it. Can you believe what a journey we've been on? All these times I talked to you about rugby under the guise of this being a beer podcast. And we're just five days away. We have two practices and a captain's run. And then it all happens. I've never been involved with a team that was actually contesting anything of any value. It's the first time. I'm not worried. We're a good, strong team. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't feeling nervy. So. I'll be back in seven days. We'll talk about beer. I'll tell you what happened in the rugby game. I'm going to let Rob Curry take us out. As usual. Link in the bio. Pick up this record. It's a banger. Love this track, Link Ray Gun. Uh, take care of each other. If you want to come up to the rugby, message me. I've already given you the details, but happy to give them again. If you want to get your pet blessed, again, details have been listed. Message me. I can give them again. And uh, 
just before Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers kick it in. I can almost hear that guitar lick coming in right now, but to my my brothers at the beach, boys, up the beach. Night.